what's up? It's Sunny. Welcome to Sunny's Geeky Grove, the podcast about all things geeky. In episode 35 of my podcast, <laughs> we are going to be discussing Native Americans in the horror genre. But before we dive deep into this topic, hit that subscribe button if you've been waffling on doing it or if you happen to be new here. So, in order to fully understand the scope of this audio essay, we must first identify certain parameters of what will be discussed. Native American representation in the horror genre, specifically in the United States. This will explore the lore used within the medium and the implications and representation of natives in the medium. To explore the lore used within the horror genre, I will focus my attention on three specific franchises. The CW's The Vampire Diaries, The CW's Supernatural, and 2019's Pet Cemetery. To start off slowly, let's explore the world of The Vampire Diaries. So, The Vampire Diaries debuted on The CW in 2009, and the original premise was that a very human Elena meets and falls in love with Stefan, a very vampiric guy. The first few seasons of the show focused mainly on Elena coming to terms with the vampires in her town and the tease of werewolves existing before season three, when we are introduced to the original vampires. This family, the Michelsons, were the first vampires created in the world. They were a family of Vikings that traveled to what would eventually become Virginia in the early 1400s. While living here, they peacefully coexisted with the Native Americans and knew that at every full moon, they must stay inside. You see, the Native Americans were werewolves. One fateful night, two of the Michelson children, Niklaus and Heinrich, stayed outside to watch the natives transform into their wolfly states. Tragedy struck, though, as Niklaus couldn't protect Heinrich from the wolves, and he died. Mother Esther Michelson, fearing for the safety of her remaining children, worked on creating a spell to protect them from harm. She used her natural magic abilities, along with the spells gathered from the natives, to create a protection spell for her children, thus creating the first vampires. But... This isn't about those vampires. It's about Niklaus. As Esther's spell took hold and Niklaus made his first kill as a vampire, his bones began to break and his body began to change. You see, Klaus wasn't your typical newly immortal being. He was also the child of adultery. Yes, Esther and one of the unnamed natives had an affair. And from that union, Klaus was born thus beginning the first hybrid, half-vampire, half-wolf. All of this is important context to fully understand the downfall with the Vampire Diaries and the representation of Native Americans on this show. Let's start off with the casting of Niklaus. Klaus is played by Joseph Morgan. Morgan is a London-born actor whose breakout role is playing Klaus Michelson. Though he has starred in a few other projects, this is what he is most known for. 
The other members of the Michelson family are also played by British or Australian actors, save for the one Canadian actor, who all have extremely fair complexions. While this makes for a great twist of exposing Esther's infidelity, it does call into question the intentions or lack of understanding of representation of Native Americans in this media. There is a steady lack of representation of the natives within the show during these flashbacks. While mentioned several times, the natives aren't actually shown on screen, aside from one woman of color. This lack of representation of the natives drives home that their presence isn't necessary, but merely a plot device to propel our white characters forward and give them solid backstory. It shows a lack of care when referring to the Native Americans and their importance to our white characters' motivations, struggles, and lives. The Natives are nothing more than simple props to flesh out the white characters. We must also discuss the use of werewolves within this show's context. The typical representation of werewolves is presented in the show. It doesn't tend to deviate much other than it is presented as a hereditary curse brought upon an individual after they have taken someone's life. They have inherent supernatural abilities, speed, strength, and the ability to transform every full moon. While not specifically stated in the Vampire Diaries, in the spinoff show, The Originals, it is stated that a powerful witch known as the Hollow cursed her tribe after they killed her. It is actually really important to note the actress that plays the Hollow, Blue Hunt, is an American-born woman who is of Native American descent. This is vital as it is a role for a person of color played by a person of that color. Another important note, though, is that she doesn't appear until season four of the originals in 2017. However, her character is also one of anger and vengeance and cursor tribe. While it seems as though the writers attempted to rectify their misdeeds from the previous showcasing of Native Americans, they still fumbled a bit. The hollow was used as yet another device to propel the plot and give meaning to our main character's strife. Another instance of a Native American being used to prop up our white characters. Now, let's shift our focus onto Supernatural. Debuting in 2005, Supernatural follows two brothers, Sam and Dean Winchester, as they fight demons, monsters, and other forces of evil. In the early seasons, it's mainly focused on searching for their lost dad, John. It's during the first season, episode two, that we are introduced to the Wendigo. To understand the context, we must first explore what a Wendigo is in Native American lore. The Wendigo is from the Native American Algonquin lore in Nova Scotia, the Greater Lakes region of Canada, and Eastern Canada. The Algonquin-speaking peoples, such as the Cree, Ojibwe, Innu, Saltal, and Naskapi, all have different variations on the lore. However, the common theme is that the creature is malevolent, cannibalistic, and supernatural. Wendigo is commonly associated with cold, famine, and starvation. However, it's important to note that in modern times, it is said that one could become a Wendigo through greed and extreme material consumption. 
Let's hear how Supernatural explains it. Wendigo is a Cree Indian word. It means evil that devours. They're hundreds of years old. Each one was once a man, sometimes an Indian, or other times a frontiersman or a miner or a hunter. How's a man turn into one of those things? Well, it's always the same. During some harsh winter, a guy finds himself starving, cut off from supplies or help, becomes a cannibal to survive, eating other members of his tribe or camp. Like the daughter party. While not entirely off, it strips from it the Native American's perspective other than a simple throwaway line at the start. It delves more into a uh, worldwide approach. The episode doesn't tend to focus on the deeper implications of the Native American lore, but rather simply on the monster that needs slain. This isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it sets up the precedent of glossing over Native American impact while taking from their history and lore. Within another season one episode, this one titled Bugs, a housing development is suffering deaths at the hand of bugs. Confused about the how, the brothers go to investigate. While they are exploring and investigating the first murder, they meet up with Joe Whitetree, a Native American, played by Jimmy Herman. Herman is actually a Native American born in Canada whose descendants were Chippewan and Diné. Bonus points for casting within the person's race. However, it is during this scene that the boys learn the housing development is being built over cursed land. While Joe Whitetree is explaining this, wind chimes and stereotypical drums can be heard. This audio clue denotes to the viewers that this is serious Native American business. This issue is that it is so overdone and used to the point of mocking in the scene. While these elements aren't inherently bad, when used to this extent, it conveys to the viewer that this is something we should be laughing at, or at the very least, is something to not be taken as seriously as any other explanation offered on the show. Supernatural has used other elements of Native American lore, such as skinwalkers, and typically with the same respect. The context is quickly given and then glossed over. The writers tend to do their research and portray the facts accurately, but don't give much screen time and sincerity to the lore presented. While it is commendable, a low bar for sure, that they cast natives for native roles, it shouldn't be something they really limit to those specific characters. Lastly, let's discuss 2019's adaptation of Stephen King's Pet Cemetery. I would like to preface this by saying I have not read the novel the film is adapted from. However, I do know that a Wendigo is used as the primary antagonist. It is depicted as a malevolent creature with yellow eyes and is the personification of death. In the film, however, they did not go this route. Pet Cemetery is a story about a family that moves to a small town in rural Maine and soon discovers their property includes the town's pet cemetery. This burial ground is where people bury their dead pets. Simple, right? Beyond that simple cemetery, deeper within the woods, lies a place where when the dead are buried, they come back. But they come back wrong. This is a chilling premise and one certain to spook. However, 
It is within the 2019 adaptation that we get a bit of a reworking of the plot. Foregoing the Wendigo premise, it is instead stated that the Native Americans who once lived on this land found the ground to be corrupt. They attempted to ward off the evil spirits they believed to inhabit the soil, but to no avail. When the land is shown, it appears to in the form of a high altar lined with rocks and a staircase leading upwards. It appears as if one is meant to use it, which explicitly contradicts the message that the natives feared this land. It is said that the natives also put wardings on the trees leading up to the altar, but this again appears to be more like breadcrumbs leading those closer and deeper into the woods. The fault with this telling of the story is that the Native American lore is used as a throwaway. It is mentioned over halfway through the film in one quick scene and as a rationale. There are no deeper implications of the tribe's presence throughout the film, no naming of the natives, and no depictions of those natives on screen. Once again, the Native American lore is used to propel the entirely white cast further into the story. But where does the blame lie with this case? When Pet Cemetery was written, there was less of a cultural obligation to accurately and consciously portray Native Americans and their culture or lore in a positive way. So do we hold King responsible because of his novel? Is it unfair to the writers of the remake to hold this burden? They were paying homage to the source material after all, right? It is clear that this reasoning and rationale was left in the film to be a nod to the source material from King. It serves no purpose in the film to further the plot or to have any semblance of a resolution. As filmgoers, viewers don't always need to have a concrete explanation. Society has evolved to the point where we can understand and make inferences on our own. There's also something to be said about leaving something to the imagination. In this case, instead of using an entire culture's history or lore as a basis for your white-centric story, they could have opted out and given no explanation. Or literally anything else. So where do we go from here? These three specific examples are not the only ones that come to mind, but they serve as a basis for what the main issues are and how we can better spot them. It can also serve as a way to hold others accountable for how they portray an entire culture or race. I'm not claiming I know how to fix it, or even that I'm able to, but I am saying we as consumers of the media can be better about what we let slide and what we dislike. We can take to forums, subreddits, and reviews to voice our displeasure or concern of the portrayal, even if it might not change things. This is in no way meant to be a stab at the Vampire Diaries, the Originals, or Supernatural. I've seen every episode of those shows and still continue to stand. But fuck 2019's Pet Cemetery. And that was my audio essay on Native Americans in the horror genre. If you liked this video, give me a like. If you dislike this video, leave a comment down below telling me the thumbs down button, it's broken. They're working on removing it, I guess. I don't know. Um, hit subscribe if you'd like to. It'll make me smile and happy, and that's really awesome. Ring the bell if you want to. Uh, you can always follow me on Twitter at SunnyGeekyGrove or Twitch at Sunny's Geeky Grove. Sometimes I stream 
sometimes I don't. You know, it, it's really a crapshoot. I hope you have a truly amazing day. You deserve the best in life. You are amazing, wonderful, and valid. My name is Sunny, and you have been so wonderful to have. Thanks for listening. Bye.